feel unworthy to come now. <laughs> Thank you so much for that, that word. Amen. Well, I'm going to try to share something also, amen, from Mark chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open them up there. Mark chapter 10. I'm going to read a few verses, verses 46 through 52. And uh, we're going to pray once again. I'm going to ask you to pray for me as we prepare to see what God has for us. Mark chapter 10, verse 46. I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. And this is what it says. Then they came to Jericho. And as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man, Cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would allow me to communicate your word to your people. Uh, I pray, Father God, that you would bless your word. Uh, help me to do as great a job as, as Alyssa did this morning. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts our minds, that your spirit would move through these aisles and touch every person. We ask this in Jesus' name, and God's people say, Amen. 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 Now here in Mark chapter 10, uh, we read about this blind man. Um, he's sitting outside the city. He's begging. He's, he's outside the city. This is like a familiar scene. Uh, we see this, and somebody talked about it not long ago, about uh, people that sit outside of 7-Eleven, right? Or on the on-ramps and off-ramps of, of the freeway. In fact, just two weeks ago, some of us went hiking, and, uh, and, and there was a guy there with a sign, I'm hungry. And as we pulled up, yeah, go ahead and laugh. As we pulled up, you know, I had, my, I had my breakfast right there, had a banana and a granola bar. We were going to go hiking, you know. Will and Linda, Caitlin was with us, Debbie, Sister Debbie was going. And I, oh man, looking at that banana, I'm like, praise God, I'm going to eat this, you know, as soon as we get there. And we see this guy, he had the sign, I'm hungry. And, and somebody in the back seat said, hey, we have a banana here. We have a banana <laughs> And a granola bar. So I, you know, okay, let me give up my, my, my breakfast. So I, I rolled down the window and uh, I, handed, I handed the guy the banana and the granola bar. And, and, he said, and he said to me, oh, wow, you're worse than a white guy. <laughs> True story. 
you're worse than a white guy. And I was like, what? And I, and I looked at Debbie, I thought Debbie was gonna defend me. And she said, don't be talking about my people. You know? <laughs> no. Right there on the off ramp, uh, you know, we, we went ahead and we just went on, 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 on our way. This is a familiar sight in our city. It was a familiar sight there in Jericho. A man right there outside the city, sitting at the gate. He was out there begging. He was a regular. He was in the same spot all the time. Not only does Mark tell us his name, because Mark tells us who this guy was, but he tells us in verse 46 what his name means. That his name means son of Timaeus. Bar is son of. I am the son of Timaeus. If you have the Inglewood version uh, of the Bible, it's Timmy Jr. Here is Timmy Jr. sitting outside the gate and he's begging, right? So, so he, he has a father. This is, this is the picture that Mark gives us of this man. He's named after his father, but there's no indication in the story of any family support. He's on his own. He's on his own. Bartimaeus is a lot, a lot like many of the people that we know, people I know and perhaps you know, who are, who are lost, who are out there, who belong in families, who belong in church, who belong in communities, but somehow they've been disconnected. Somehow the lines of communication, the relationship is broken, strained, whatever it may be, but somehow the connection is disrupted. And they're no longer where they should be, where they ought to be, but they find themselves alone, fending for themselves. But Jesus is in the process of fixing broken networks. That's the Jesus I know. That's the Jesus you know. That's the Jesus that the Bible tells us about. The Jesus that is able to fix broken relationships. And every miracle that he's ever performed in the Bible is about restoring what was broken restoring those things that were out of place and putting them back in their proper place. Every miracle is about putting people, putting things in their proper place. In the Jewish mind, sickness was a result of something being out of place. When something is out of place, it, it, it causes a, 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 an irritation, a sickness. It, it messes up communities, it messes up cities. When we think and our thinking is out of place, it needs to be put in its right order for things to work properly. And that's what Jesus was all about. And he was here to restore this broken relationships, disrupted relationships, to restore broken bodies, to restore people back to their proper place in the community. Every miracle, that's what it was about. And I believe that this is what Mark is trying to say here in this story. Right here in this story, all four Gospels, see, they, they had written uh, on, on, on similar stories throughout the Bible. In fact, there are three of them that always tell the same stories over and over and over again. The synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They always tell the same stories over and over again. But all four Gospel writers had the responsibility of telling the stories as accurately as possible about Jesus. But when you read these stories in the various Gospels, the stories look different. And that's because these writers had the liberty to tell the story, not just as accurately as possible, but you have the freedom to tell the meaning of the story to the people that you're writing to. 
and, and the experts, they call that redaction. That, that one writer would see the story, would know what's going on, but he would redact the story because it's this one point in the story that he wants to communicate to the people that he's writing to. And that's exactly what Mark is doing here. He's redacted the story. Matthew tells the same story, but in Matthew's version, he talks about the two men that was, there was somebody else sitting there with him. And he talks about two blind men. He doesn't give any of their names. Luke tells the same story, uh, and, and in his story, there were two blind men, but he doesn't tell their name. Mark, on the other hand, speaks specifically about this guy, Bartimaeus, that you guys know about the people that he's writing to, his gospel that he's writing to, a group of people, they knew exactly who Mark was talking about. He's talking about Bartimaeus, the one who is serving the Lord now, the one who loves Jesus right now. He used to be out on the streets, begging on the streets, right there outside the city, with others like him, with others in, the sim in a similar circumstance, and with others who belonged to a family at one time. He's out there. Man, it was that guy. Bartimaeus belonged to a family. He sat with other people. Man, yet he's right there. He's still alone. This is the guy Jesus came and crossed his path. Mark's not telling about the other people. He's talking about this man. This man. God wants to do something in his life. But interestingly... Jesus never stops on his own. He didn't go right up to Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus had to get his attention. And so he's sitting there, minding his own business. And out of nowhere, he hears this crowd coming by, a big commotion. These people walking by the place where he's sitting. All the noise, dust being kicked up. And he's probably wondering, what in the world is going on? You know, this is an unusual moment in, in the day. I, normally, there's not this many people. So uh, he wants to find out what, what's happening. And, and, and you don't read it in Mark's gospel, but if you were to read the same story in Luke's gospel, Luke tells us that when he heard the crowd, he asked. He asked, hey, what's happening here? And they told them that it's Jesus. Mark simply tells us that when he found out it was Jesus, he began to shout. Now imagine had he had not ever asked what's happening. Imagine if he heard the noise and all the dust being kicked up and the cloak that he had, he just covered himself to, to protect himself from the dust. Imagine if he had never asked what's happening and, and who is it going by. Jesus would have passed him by and he would have never known. He would have never had the opportunity to call out to Christ. So it's almost as if it's by chance that you have to seek him out. You have to knock. You have to, to, to pursue him. You have to get his attention. And if you don't get his attention, there may be a possibility that he goes on to the next town and he doesn't put things in their proper place in your house, in your life. Jesus would have kept on going. He would have never known that he was in the presence of the one who restores people into their proper place. The one who restores broken bodies, broken relationships. Somehow he heard of Jesus before. He heard the stories. He heard testimonies. And, and, and he figured that if Jesus could raise the dead, and if Jesus could cast out demons, and, and if he could 
uh, you know, make the lame to walk, surely he can give me sight back to my eyes. So the Bible says that he began to shout, man, at the top of his lungs. I love the way uh, Brother Mark put it. He was, uh, Mark was, um, Mark Diaz uh, was writing about this story, and he says that he was, uh, the, the way he described it, he, it was very funny, and he was shouting like, like he was crazy, you know? Uh, and, uh, but yeah, you'll have to read his, his little blog there. But he began to shout at the top of his lungs, Jesus, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He was focused on getting his attention. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the Bible says in verse 48 that many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But when they rebuked him and, and tried to keep him silent, he began to shout even more, son of David, have mercy on me. Now imagine, not only... Had he not asked what was going on, but imagine had he taken the crowd's advice, the advice of the people, shut up, be quiet. Okay. Imagine had he remained silent and allowed the one who could heal his family, the, allowed the one who could heal his broken body to just walk on by. Imagine if you had a, a place to go, if you could sit in a place, maybe a place you've sat in over and over in the past, but you could be at a place and, and Jesus is present. But if you don't reach out, if you don't focus your attention on taking hold of him, he might pass you by. Imagine that. They tried to silence this guy and he says, man, I, I'm not going to be quiet. I heard about what he's able to do. I, I know what he's able to do. And, and what's more interesting to me is, is that the Bible says that Jesus was leaving the city right there in, the, in verse 46. That he, had, he was there, they had gotten to Jer uh, Jericho, but then the very next thing it says is that they were leaving Jericho. His work was done in Jericho. Those that he was going to heal in Jericho are healed. The work that he was going to do among the people, he was done. Finito, it's over. It's a wrap. Let's go on to the next city. We're going to move on to the next city. He was leaving the city. He's already on his way to Jerusalem. He would spend the night in Bethany, and he has a week, the Passion Week, he would enter into after he's leaving this place. And there's something interesting in, in Mark's gospel earlier in chapter one, it says uh, that when there's a story way back in chapter one where Jesus had healed some people and, and they heard about what he was doing and the entire city showed up. The entire town came to hear Christ, to be touched by Christ. People brought their babies, sick uncles, nieces. They brought everybody. The entire town showed up at the door wanting for Jesus to touch them, to heal them. And they came and told Jesus, hey, man, the whole city's looking for you, man. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 1, verse 37, when they found him, they explained, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, this is what he says to them, let us go elsewhere. Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So here in this in, in earlier in, in chapter one, man, there were a lot of people who got left behind. There were a lot of people who were 
who were passed up. They, they were passed by, people who missed out, some of them in pain, some of them in very difficult situations, people with needs, miserable and hurting, just like this guy. And Jesus says, hey, you know what, man, there are other people in, in the next town. There are other people in, in, in other towns. I've come to reach them all. Man, I've got to go. The entire town, you know, they're here, you know, hey, but I got to go to the, to the next. Man, he was in transition. He was on the move. Once he leaves this city, he's not coming back. He's on his way to the cross. He's not coming back to Jericho. Read it. He's not, he doesn't come back to Jericho. He's on his way out. So he goes and he leaves, and he leaves multitudes of people behind with needs unmet. This is the reality that this man is dealing with. He would not be one of the fortunate that Jesus just happened to come across. He would not be one of the fortunate. He, he wasn't on a special list like Zacchaeus, where, where there's a big crowd of people, and out of the crowd, Jesus just says, hey, Zacchaeus, tonight I'm going to have dinner at your house. Wow, man. What a blessing that would have been. Or the woman at the well, where the Bible says that he had need to go that direction because he already planned to meet that woman at the well. A special list, a, a special list of those that, that had an appointment with Christ. Bartimaeus had no appointment. If I don't shout loud enough, if I don't press hard enough, if I don't make it a point to get his attention, he is going to pass me by. That's the situation that he's faced with. Opportunity and success doesn't throw itself at everybody. Some people struggle. Some people grow up with misfortune. Some people are alone, and they feel that loneliness in a lot of different ways. Some people have to fight to fend for themselves. Some people don't have anybody to help them. And that's what this guy, this, he is so desperate that he has to get Jesus' attention regardless of what the crowd says. Regardless of whether I can see who it is that's creating the commotion or not, I've got to get his attention before he leaves the city. He could have said, man, I'll just catch him when he comes back to Jericho. And he's been here before. He'll be back. He could have trusted that Jesus would return. Man, it's a little chaotic right now. I'll wait until there's less people, less noise, less chaos. But Jesus isn't coming back, man. It's now or never. You got to get him now or never. Tomorrow's not promised. You got to reach out now. You got to shout to him now. When, when I think of, of this cry that he, that he raised up to Jesus, I can't help but to imagine that the emphasis was on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Just like you have had mercy on so many other people. Jesus, notice me. Jesus, have mercy on me from the side of the road. He reminds me of, uh, man, the, the guy, when, when, when I was thinking of this, the, the guy that we came across on, on, the side, on the side of the freeway, man, right there when I was going on the, the, the on-ramp. But, but that guy wasn't looking for, I mean, it was a, he wasn't looking for Jesus. Man, he was looking for cash. Man, I, he had a sign that says, give me food, I'm hungry. I gave him food, man, and he insulted me. <laughs> yeah. 
The crowd that was around him rebuked him. And all that a commotion. Imagine if he had never asked. Imagine if he had kept silent. But he cried out. And, and the crowd that, uh, that he was annoying with his cries, because the Bible seems to indicate that they were trying to stop him, be quiet, you know. But that same crowd that he annoyed, somehow his voice reached Jesus. Because all it took was for Jesus to be within range, you know, within earshot. And I believe the same is true. He's, he's, he's never far from you. But, but there are people who go on with the circumstances that they're living with. They, they go on and, and we endure it. We, we carry those burdens. We live with those things. And Jesus is near enough, close enough, and powerful enough to make a difference in our lives. Imagine if he had remi- remained silent, like many in, in every city that Jesus enters into. Not everybody was touched. There have been some with illnesses even more severe, some fatal, near death, near death, and, and uh, who, who are struggling, and family members that have had to bury their loved ones because Jesus never came near their way, ne- never came near their family. Or he was close enough to do it, but maybe they didn't cry out loud enough. Not everybody was touched, and they suffered. But this man refused to be passed up. This is, for me, an amazing story. And I wonder if you've ever cried out like that. I wonder if you've ever cried out. You have to shout out, like, you have to get his attention. You have to shout over the noise of the city. You have to shout over the noise of the crowd. You have to determine to be heard by the Lord. And it's not that he's trying to play hide and seek and, 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 and hide himself from you and avoid anybody. But like he says in Mark chapter 1, man, there's somebody over there that I, I need to get to. And, and, and there's somebody in the next town that I need to get to. And, and if you don't get his attention... He's going to go on and he's going to meet the needs and other people's needs will be met. That's why he came. But why not? Notice you. Why not call to him and say, have mercy on me? That's why he's come. You have to determine not to let Jesus pass you by. I I, I told a story before and I'll tell it again. Years ago, uh, not too many years ago, I, I got a phone call from from the bank. This was a while back. I got a phone call from the bank, you know, for our, our building. We were uh, financing our, our building. I received the phone call from the bank, and they said, oh, yeah, um, so next week we're going to foreclose your building. We're, clo- we're going to take your building. And I was devastated. I, probably, I was probably like, why? You know, no, but I was like devastated. Like, what? Yeah, to, to receive a, a phone call like that. And, they, and, sh, and the lady said, um, yes, because you owed $72,000 on taxes that we paid on behalf of the church because the, the, the state was going to take your, your building because you didn't pay these taxes. And so the bank, we forwarded the money, and if you don't give us this money back, $72,000 by next week, we're going to foreclose your building. We're going to take your building. 
So we're just letting you know that um, to take the things that you have in there, unless you have the money, just take whatever you have and, and, and to leave. And I thought, I was devastated. So I came here to, to the building and I paced this floor right down here. And I shouted to Christ, looking up to heaven. I shouted to God as if God was passing by, going to the next city, doing work, creating clouds over here and rain over there, uh, birds and bees, all the things that God does on, on a day-to-day -day basis. I had to get God's attention. I had to say, God, we need you over here. God, you need to come and help us over here. We have a need here in Inglewood. And I shouted and I shouted. And believe me, planes were going. I shouted above the noise of the planes, above the traffic, above the noise of the city. I began to shout to God because I wanted God to know that we're not done worshiping here in this place, that there are still weddings to do. There are still babies to dedicate. There are still baptisms, man. We're going to lead people to Christ, pray for people at the altar. We are not done here in this place. And before they could start the foreclosure process, I had a check, a $72,000 check in my hands. Amen. True story. True story. I looked at the bill and said, you know, it's probably not that worth, you know, this. <laughs> no. We, we took it over to the, the, the bank, and that circumstance was over. I, would, I, I believe God puts us in circumstances sometimes because we need to cry out to him. Who are you going to trust when you're, in, in a, in, when you're faced with, with a circumstance that's bigger than you? Who, who are you going to turn to? Sometimes we have to shout. I wonder if you've ever shouted loud enough to be heard. I wonder if you've ever shouted that loud over the noise of the people in your life, over the drama in your life. If you've shouted loud enough to go over the, the, all of the voices that tell you, all the, the stuff in your Have you ever been in a, in a silent pitch, this completely quiet room, and you hear all the noise in your mind? To shout louder than that. To hear, to, 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 to hear only that, that the, 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 the reverberations of your voice as it's going out to, to heaven, sometimes we need to shout. We need to be determined to be heard by Christ. This man was in a crowd, a crowd that wanted to deny him to be heard. We've got to shout to be determined to be noticed by Jesus, shout enough that we go over the noise, that Jesus will hear our plea, Lord, have mercy on me. There are a lot of people that we want him to have mercy on. There are times, man, we see people, we, I, I know I pray for people, I'll just see people, strangers on the street, just driving, I see somebody, I pray and, and pray because I want God to move in the lives of, of everyone, anyone. But there comes a time where your need might be like this man's need, where you might have to say, have mercy on me. Help me. Just have that compassion on me. I know, God, you're a busy God. I knew you have things to do, but you died on the cross for me. Have mercy on me. Praise God for his work in so-and-so. Thank God for the testimonies you hear in this person and that person and everything he's doing in those around you. But are you ready to say, Jesus, 
Son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Right there where you are. Right there, just to, to talk to him in your, in your own voice. And you could do it silently. Just, just call out to him right where you are. Lord, have mercy on me. When you think about your family or your health, when you think about your circumstances, your future, you know, what does it sound like if Jesus is passing by? What is, how, what is the urgency, with the level of, of urgency when you have loved ones that really need a breakthrough? When you have health issues that challenge you, marriage issues that are challenging, what does it sound like to cry out to Jesus? That's what we have to do sometimes. And so today, as we stand, I want you to think about that. What does it mean to cry out? You can do it from your seat, or you can come down here where I was, but I want you to cry out for you, for your family. I paced this floor looking up to heaven, and I remember, man, when I was praying that day, I, there was no ceiling that day, man. I, I could see straight up, man, through the clouds. I'm like parting clouds. God, we need you. We were desperate. I was desperate. So I'm going to ask you to come to the altar this, this morning. You know, we have a theme this year. And our theme is to finish the work that God has given to you. God has something for each of us to do. Yet there are things that hinder us from ever fulfilling the call of God in our lives. Last month, I spoke about the first step towards completing God's work. And that first step is to be free from old habits, old ties, to detangle and detach ourselves from the things that show, that, that show up in our lives and slow us down. Because we can't move on if we're all tied up in the old self, the old me, you know. But now we're in a new month. And in this month, we're talking about being focused. Being focused. And I think there are so many stories, dozens of stories in the Bible about people who are on a journey with God to fulfill God's purpose in their lives. But that journey is lined with distraction. And this man faced all kinds of distraction. It, it, it could have been so easy for him not to ask what's going on. It would have been easy for him not to shout out at the top of his lungs. But to be focused means to go beyond the adequate. It means to go beyond the average. It means to seek and pursue God's very best, his very best for you. Because his very best may be still somewhere ahead of us. And so this morning, call out to God. Cry out to him. Ask God for his mercy in your life. Amen. I believe that he's willing. I believe that he's able this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.